Some men aren't looking for anything logical. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Stick together, and we'll be all right. Look at me. I'm the captain now. You need to pull it together. Do or do not. There is no try. Here's one. This is The Brian Suits Show. Well, it's time to talk about cheesecake, everybody. You see someone actually walking away with a cheesecake there after the Cheesecake Factory was looted. Unclear where they may have gotten that. Well, they did some uh, forensic work. Turns out they got it from the Cheesecake uh, Factory. You all recall that in uh, 2020. Well, it's finally been adjudicated, the the lawsuits, because, of course, the violent the rioters who displayed violence towards Seattle police, uh, they, they get to, that's their right, apparently, because they haven't read the First Amendment all the way through. Uh, or, or they added a sentence where regardless of uh, what your actions are or whatever. Anyway, Seattle police, besides surrendering, thank you, Mayor Durkin, surrendering a precinct, and no one's paid for, except for uh, Seattle, uh, the unfortunate Seattle uh, city taxpayer. But the Seattle's, uh, city of Seattle has agreed to pay $10 million to settle a lawsuit from a group of demonstrators injured by police during the 2020 uprising in protest of George Floyd's murder. I played some audio of the main uh, attorney. Um, uh, the Seattle law firm, uh, Strip Matter, Kessler, Kaler, and Moore represented, and they won, and they made a very uh, high horse statement. Uh, but I've just eaten, and so I, I, I want to keep it down. Anyway, the lawsuit filed in the King County Superior Court nearly three years ago cost the city millions of dollars in, in defense uh, and, uh, and uh, expert witness fees, et cetera. 50 plaintiffs, uh, you had a woman who had a heart attack when she was struck in the chest by an SPD blast ball, a man who was hospitalized in a coma after his arrest, and a veteran who used a cane and was gassed and tackled because he didn't retreat fast enough, according to the attorneys. Um, then, and then um, several adult men who cried in front of Karen Kaler, the, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, the lead attorneys. Um, and she demanded, the part that got me the most was that she demanded, and not just $10 million, but an apology. And so anyway, <clears throat> the city's argument was the protesters assumed the risk of being injured by police when they chose to exercise their First Amendment rights and peacefully protest, except they didn't peacefully protest. An argument rejected by Judge Sandra Woodland. So there you go. That's in the story. Seattle pays. Um, and then people continue to wonder why police on body cams are cynical about the city uh, settling. The real story, you just heard Fox News at the top of the uh, hour, um, Congress members, probably named Eric and Swalwell, uh, who want the Pentagon, as I explained uh, yesterday, to federalize the Texas Army National Guard to get them off the border. Um, because the governor of Texas issued a letter uh, reiterating, as he said uh, 20 hours ago, my statement to te my statement on Texas's, you know, Texas uh, possessive uh, apostrophe, constitutional right to self-defense. He cites from the U.S. Constitution, which I happen to have right here, and I threatened to read this saying in the 6 a.m. hour, well, uh, the chickens have come home, the constitutions have come home to roost. Um, <clears throat> so the letter uh, lays out his case for why Texas is being invaded and why the Constitution gives him a right to defend it. In fact, uh, calls on him to do this. By the way, for the record, Kenneth e. Jean Smith is still breathing oxygen, not nitrogen. Um, there's a, it's a 30-hour warrant to uh, croak the guy. It hasn't happened in Alabama. <clears throat> um, and his victim, 
dead since 1988, is still dead. Uh, he says yesterday, January 24th, 2024, and keep in mind, Greg Abbott is in India right now, okay, doing Texas-India business. The federal government, quote, the federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. The executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states, including immigration laws, on the books right now. President Biden has refused to enforce those laws and has even violated them. The result is that he has smashed records for illegal immigration, despite having been put on notice in a series of letters, one of which I delivered to him by hand. President Biden has ignored Texas' uh, demand that he perform his constitutional duties. Uh, then um, he skips forward <clears throat> uh, three paragraphs. James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and other visionaries who wrote the U.S. Constitution foresaw that states should not be left to the mercy of a lawless president who does nothing to stop external threats like cartels smuggling millions of illegal immigrants across the border. He doesn't even mention fentanyl. <clears throat> Uh, that is why the framers included both Articles uh, 4, Section 4, which promises that the federal government shall protect each state against invasion, and Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which acknowledges the state's sovereign interest in protecting their borders. The failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by Article 4 and Article 1, which reserves the right, uh, reserves to the state the right of self-defense for these reasons— I have already declared an invasion under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 to invoke Texas's constitutional authority to defend and protect itself. That authority is the supreme law of the land and supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. The Texas National Guard, the Texas Department of Public Safety and other Texas personnel are acting on that authority as well as state law to secure the Texas border. So... Uh, that's what's got, uh, you know, some uh, ultra pro-Biden uh, advocates in Congress like Swalwell and others saying, well, the Pentagon, should, like Swalwell, who once said that, uh, well, the people can't uh, exert their influence because we have nukes. So uh, nuke them or something. But uh, this is what they're, they're talking about. Um, article uh, in Article 1, uh, Section 4. Uh, clause, wait, am I right on that one? Yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. this is the excitement of hearing me uh, find my place in the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> Page 48, I've got a small pocket version. Quote, no state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty of tonnage, keep troops or ships of war in time of peace, uh, enter uh, into any agreement or uh, compact with another state or with a foreign power or engage in war, unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay. So that's one authority. And let's skip to uh, Article 4, Section 4. The United, quote, the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government uh, and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive uh, against domestic violence. So... Um, is this exciting enough for you uh, anyway? To, but you, you heard that. I'll repeat it. The United States shall guarantee to every state um, a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. So that's how you get uh, Greg Abbott invoking this. And so the Texas National Guard is going to reiterate and they're going to they're going to make a cordon around the Border Patrol. And so anyone who gets out is going to be declared a 
uh, an invader uh, or a trespasser, at least. And uh, the point Abbott has made is, I know it says invasion, um, and I know you think that means an army. This is a; these are individuals, but it's an army of individuals. And is it coordinated? It may as well. I mean, what makes it an army versus a crowd of people that are being coordinated? Well, found out yesterday from the uh, Center for the for American Immigration Reform <clears throat> or CARE that part of our tax dollars that fund the UN are are getting uh, recycled into cash preloaded ATM cards that the U.N. is handing out to people in Mexico that are headed to the United States so they don't hit the ground with no money. I mean, we're, we're paying for this through the U.N. Have you heard of that? So that's a bit of a shocker. Um, so is it coordinated? Well, from the U.N. on down. Um, so you, you should be shocked on this one. Go Governor of Oklahoma said he's on uh, Texas' side. Um, Governor of Florida said he's on Texas' side. So... Oklahoma, you know, is uh, just one state away from the same border, and they're they're suffering from the the same increase in people and fentanyl addiction and and the whole thing. So uh, anyway, the, you know, no matter what they say about uh, January six, where a flash mob delayed a ceremonial vote for twelve hours, but it was hardly a threat to our constitutional democracy. But you'll, you'll note that in the Constitution, the federal government is pledged, is mandated to protect states from invasion. And Abbott has invoked the U.S. Constitution's uh, various articles, various and sundry articles, uh, where the federal government is supposed to, we're supposed to trust the federal government to protect us from invasion when it could be argued, and I'll, I'll argue it, that the federal government is encouraging the invasion. They're in denial that they're encouraging it, but you ask people down there, why are you coming up now? Why not last year and the whole thing? And they're saying, because now, now you can get asylum. And some UN guy handed me a preloaded visa card uh, 20 miles away from the border. So if, if you doubt that this is being coordinated, the, the evidence uh, to the contrary is overwhelming. But that is uh, what the governor of Texas did uh, from is uh, official secretary while while on uh, a official trip in uh, India. And so I, so I haven't seen any cam cameras in his face, maybe because he, he's in, in, in India. But so, <clears throat> so what's next? Well, here's the thing. Uh, the president's being advised. He probably, I guarantee you didn't know this, but, uh, you know, every state and territory has a militia that, that is called militia, but that winds up being the National Guard. And as I've explained before, the National Guard, one week in a month or on in the summer or one of the governor directs after a natural disaster, works for the state. They work for the governor. And that's according to U.S. Code Title 32. That's over here, right? In event of national emergency or when the Pentagon calls up the Idaho Army National Guard or the Washington Army National Guard, then you're called up. You're on federal active duty. And that is U.S. Code Title 10. That's the federal law that allows the U.S. military to exist and the whole thing. Um, in the L.A. riots, I was called up on state time, uh, Governor Duke Magian, Title 32 time, for the first two days of the riots. And then Bush declared it a national emergency because he wanted to call in the regular Army and the Marine Corps, who are not suited for civilian riot put-downs. But anyway, as it turns out, they didn't know. Um, so uh, Fort Ord, Monterey had a whole bunch of infantry, 
U.S. Army active duty. The Constitution prevents the active duty military from enforcing civilian law, uh, except in the event of presidential declared martial law or you know, emergency or whatever. So that's what overrode that. So when that when that happened, all of us California Army National Guard guys suddenly became U.S. Army guys. And then the Marine Corps could leave Camp Pendleton and the Army could leave Fort Ord and they could come to L.A. and, and bring the whip ass, okay? So that that is how the, those are the various legal firewalls that we have in America to prevent. That's why we don't have gendarmes. That's why we, we don't have a national police force uh, and all that. In France and in Italy, they have a uniform national police force, the, uh, the Gendarmerie Nationale in France and the Gendarmeria. Uh, in Italy, they are branches of their army. They are parts of their military. And th their people there don't have a problem with the army having uniformed cops riding around pulling over for, for speeding. We do. Okay. The U.S. Air Force can't pull you over for speeding on I-5. That's just how that works. Neither can the Army National Guard. Um, however... The governor of a state can call up the National Guard and say, back up law enforcement any way they see fit. In Texas, the uh, Texas Rangers or the Department of Public Sa Safety says, put up a razor wire here, help us with detainees, drive the van, you know, whatever. It's really, really common. National Guard was doing, I did counter drug in Nevada. There was a thing called Task Force Grizzly. Um, and it was a California, Nevada thing. And we did surveillance on druggies. We brought military-grade night vision and all this. And we brought our pew-pew for self-defense and the whole thing. Really common to back up uh, a governor. Very, very common thing. This is different because this this is, and that's the thing, Abbott agrees, this is federal business. This is a national border. But it happens to be also the Texas state border. So when the federal government fails at its mandate to defend the country— uh, he's going to do what he's got to do. And, I mean, I agree with him. And so um, will will you see a scene where Fort Hood uh, is going to roll out the 1st Cavalry Division to round up the Texas Army National Guard? Uh, no. No, you're not. Not going to see anything like that. But um, this is a guy who has read his Constitution, who sees the fire on his own border, sees no help coming from Washington, D.C., and is doing what he's got to do. So... Uh, I like the guy. I, for one, like the guy. Um, all right. So <clears throat> back to us. Back to us here locally. So there's a company. I Googled them. called Boeing. Um, and this morning, there you are down there in Renton. And, and by the way, so we will uh, check out your, um, uh, your your text here. And we'll be doing a checking of the texting here in a little bit. 800-465-8770. If you're stuck in... In the um, in the, um, the safety stand down, uh, and, and it's funny how it's 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 crazy because once you see how simple and mundane putting this door plug in is, and it boils down to four missing bolts, that would be the beginning of my safety stand down. All right, first of all, amnesty for the next thirty seconds. Does anyone have four bolts in their coveralls? Anyone, anyone at all? Closing my eyes, you can raise your hand. Um, anyway, so this is uh, the CEO, what's his name, Jim Calhoun, on, on a better mic saying, Boeing doesn't sell bad planes. But we start with the CEO of Alaska. 
frustrated and disappointed. I am angry. This in an exclusive interview, Alaska Airlines CEO Ben Minicucci had a similar demand. My um, demand on Boeing is what are they going to do to improve their quality programs in-house? Under intense pressure, Boeing CEO David Calhoun met with senators on Capitol Hill Wednesday. NBC's Ryan Nobles was there. Mr. Calhoun, what's your message to passengers concerned about flying on your planes? We fly safe planes. We don't put airplanes in the air that we don't have 100% confidence in. But before those existing MAX 9 flights can fly again, they'll have to pass a rigorous inspection process just laid out by the FAA. This is the door plug. That's the door plug right there. In the U.S., only United. And if you didn't know, you know, it's the shape of a door. It's a, it, it matches, uh, you know, the exact... Uh, camber of the fuselage and the whole thing, and it's seat 34A. If you're if you're looking for it, if you want to be the person that's sucked out if it happens at 40,000 feet, and Alaska fly the Max 9. It's tanking. So you had that right. Only United and Alaska fly the Max uh, Max 9. Roughly 10 hours to inspect every door plug. They're checking to see whether the bolts are in place. One, two, three, and four. He gestures to the bolts, or and whether those bolts are secure. And then they are having to check measurements and gaps and torques. It is a long process. Oh, you know, chinch bugs, manganese, torques, all of that. Uh, now, the, the quick fix would be to install metal detectors on the way out, uh, where you clock out at Renton. <clears throat> and then explain to me why you have four bolts in your coveralls and, and whatever. But um, Wall Street Journal with the best and worst airlines of 2023. And this is this is what you hear in the voice of uh, Marinucci, the CEO of uh, Alaska. Frustrated and disappointed. I am angry. This In an exclusive interview, Alaska Airlines CEO Ben Minicucci had a similar demand. My um, demand on Boeing is what are they going to do to improve their quality programs in-house? The coinlet realm for a commercial aircraft manufacturer is their planes not crashing or not having, having an in-flight mishap. Coinlet realm for a airline is do people come back with their business you know and that's that's the thing I, I think i've detected why many of us have favorite airlines that we we default to it's because you made it alive there's that and they're on time and you had a pleasant flight so uh wall street journal's best and worst airlines of 2023 uh, alaska airlines was a repeat runner-up they've been second place for four years now just behind delta they rank nine major U.S. airlines on seven equally weighted operations metrics. And keep in mind, there's a lot of airlines. We know a lot of choices that you can make and who are to fly. So we thank you for flying, Alaska. And welcome to San Diego, Mr. Harbaugh. Um, On-time arrivals, flight cancellations, extreme delays, baggage handling, tarmac delays. Because why wouldn't you go back, right? My baggage isn't here. You go ballistic there, right? You're not on time. You're late. But not the door plug <laughs> Flew open and sucked my aunt out or whatever. Baggage handling, tarmac delays, involuntary bumping and complaints. Um, Hawaiian Airlines is excluded from that because of its regional niche. The first three measures of cover the calendar year. They are provided by Pulse, a data platform from an aviation company, Anuvu. So Delta's number one, right? Okay, Delta didn't fly away with the crown, but shined in a few areas and placed no worse than fifth in any other category. So close behind him is Alaska. So that that's what he's that's what you hear in the CEO's voice. It's like you're risking my ranking on and you're risking our reputation as a high quality airline. And I mean I've, I've got to say, you know, it's it's regional and it's grown, but I I I've never had a complaint 
about an Alaska flight. And I used to rely on Alaska uh, uh, every Friday for two weeks when I was flying up uh, to see the daughter. And never let me down. But I did I did load the dice in my favor. Um, I took the first flight out of Burbank at 8 a.m. And I gave myself time to fly back on Sunday. Never got bumped. Never nothing. No complaints. Great run. I got to know people on that run. Uh, one of my fraternity brothers uh, was a pilot on that run, Mark Stimmel. Um, and so I, I never had a bad experience. But then again, I loaded the dice in my favor. I, you got to help me help you on this one. I honestly can tell you I've never flown Delta. Um, I, I hear good things about it, but I just I don't fly around very much. And when I fly internationally, I tend not to fly uh, American. Uh, I mean, not American Airlines, but I mean, little a American uh, carriers. But... Uh, my fault on that one. Uh, well, anyway, uh, we'll come back in just a second with a check-in. If you're texting, 800-465-8770. And, I mean, let's be honest, just, just reading the zeitgeist room here, how Boeing goes goes a long way in regards to how this area goes because many, many, many people rely on contracts from United Airlines going for more aeroplanes and things. And then because people believe that the aeroplanes are, are going to fly. Back in a second, AM 770, KTTH. AM 770 KTT here, and it is uh, 8.30, and so as promised, it's time for a checking of the texting. And um, I haven't had time to curate them, so I will be totally commandoing it. Uh, uh, did you forget to tell us about the big news in Arizona? Uh, okay, I just spent 10 minutes on that. So can't help you, T-Town Doug. Who else? Who else? We're about to take a poll about whether we should block you forever. Uh, you're just featuring a bit too much. Uh, 206 says, why would Jim Harbaugh be flying to San Diego when the Chargers are in Los Angeles? Exactly. Exactly what I said. You know why? Because that's what his luggage tags say. Because he played for the Chargers when they were in San Diego. Now they're in L.A. at the incomparable SoFi uh, Stadium. And so he can be blown away uh, when he goes there. And so uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, he was a charge. And now he is the head coach of your Los Angeles uh, Chargers. Uh, how much you want to bet he ruins Justin Herbert? Um, no, any any NFL coach in his right mind. And and by the way, half the reason that what's his name, the little weasel that was a head coach of the Chargers uh, was fired is because how do you have Justin Herbert? And you don't have a Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes-style offense. Justin Herbert is he was a, we all know he was amazingly good at Oregon. I mean, geez, the guy, the kid's from Eugene. He still has zits too. Like you, you would think when you get to the NFL, you could pay for a dermatologist. But anyway, it looks like he's right off the campus, and they they haven't gone past the first round in the playoffs. In like Avar and all that. So anyway, Jim Harbaugh now not our problem. It's AFC West stuff, but uh, it is it is uh, interesting. And he go, he goes way back because <clears throat> he played for the Chargers. I think longer than uh, any other. He was with the Bears, and I I know someone who dated him when he was a Giant and uh, uh, a New York Giant. 
And anyway, uh, and those are those are different stories. And so then he he played for San Diego for a while, moderate success. He was serviceable at best, but uh, he was there for the longest. So he he did he has a good relationship with the Spanos family, which owns the Chargers, always has. And there are, there uh, Harbaugh is a very family oriented religious guy, and the Spanos family are a family business, and so that would that would work. Um, and I think uh, I, I don't think he I, I think Atlanta's is, is uh, it's a it's a franchise that changes ownership every couple of years or whatever. No update on uh, Seahawk leadership uh, from this building for me anyway. Brian and Sheeney, uh and with a corresponding five hundred nine area code. Did you really play the patri- the patriarchy card to get out of jury duty? I did not. I identified as a non. Binary fiddler crab, and for the special conditions I put that I needed a special feeding of biscuits and gravy every two hours, I was not chosen. Uh, I I did not. It was it was a female uh, defendant, uh, but I didn't play the patriarchy card. I I played the I'm I've been the victim of the very thing she is on trial for. I don't think I can be objective because I think she did it. So there's that. You know what I played? I played the honesty card. Why don't you try it once? Why don't you try a Y instead of an I, Brian and Cheney? Uh Kelly says, not sure if this qualifies as a bombshell. We heard about this situation last year. Huh? Uh, wait, does this correspond to the tweet right before it? I mean, the uh, text right before it? I don't know. Yeah, but let's string your narratives together, folks. I only read the individual checking of the texting. Uh, Brian, what do you think of the idea of Trump releasing his picks for cabinet posts before the election? Would be nice to know. I, you know what? If I had very strong picks or people committed to working for me, I would do that too, so people would know what what the team is. Um, because, like for instance, that's why in in parliamentary uh, systems like the <clears throat> um, like like in such as the Great Britain. The opposition, whoever's not in power, has the shadow cabinet. So you know who would be the minister of defense on day one and the foreign secretary, you know, and all that. So you know that no harm, no foul. If there's a vote of no confidence, if we elect opposition party, that's who we get. I I think it's a great idea. Um, I wouldn't be uh, comforted to know that Kerry Lake was going to be the secretary of state or whatever, if that's what you're uh, wondering. But I I, I I would say that's part of what I liked about – if there is anything I liked about Trump in 2016 is because early on he named names um, like Mattis, uh, like H.R. McMaster and my Gulf War buddy and, uh, and, and others. So I felt like, well, no matter what, there's bumpers. The, the, the bumper car is not going to go off the racetrack because John Kelly is going to be there to bump him or H.R. McMaster. Or Mattis or whatever. and But then you could see early on that the people that worked for him had read their oath a bit too closely. And they could not slam the door and say, no one's leaving this Oval Office till we get this, this hooey out of the way. Okay, that, that's the problem. The problem with your John Kellys and your uh, Mattises is that you're not rewarded in the Marine Corps for going to your... Uh, your brigade commander and saying, here's what you're getting wrong, sir. Let me tell you about this, this crap. It's not in their nature. 
uh, even in the State Department, you know, and and so th that that is apparently what he needs. He needs someone he respects to sit down and say, um, "Listen," and 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 that's what they're also not used to doing. Look, I'm gone if you don't do this. How much do you value me? Because when I leave, I'm going to throw you under the bus. That would work, but they don't do that because you don't go to your regimental commander and say. You know, I love it here in the 8th Marines, but let me tell you about about uh, PT Wednesday. That's a bunch of crap. There's no reflective PT belts needed or any. You know, you don't do that in the Army and the Marine Corps or whatever. So that's part. That's always been my problem with people that go right from uniform uh, to civilian service, which is, for, for the record, by the way, <clears throat> it is a federal law that to be Secretary of Defense, there has to be, I want to say, like a five-year gap between your last service in uniform and you being named um austin had to have that waived and i and lloyd austin is i think exhibit a of why that's a great rule uh because in my lifetime gotta tell you robert gates lake stevens robert gates bob gates was the best secretary of defense and and in his case his defense may be that he didn't fly a plane he didn't walk a kilometer with a rucksack he didn't crew a tank. No, no, no. He came at it as an outsider, as he did to the CIA. And he said, okay, what's our product? Information. Who gets it? That guy, that satellite, that drone, you know, whatever. And he he treated it like a system, like he treated uh, the, the Pentagon. Um, whereas Rumsfeld uh, was, I, I, I thought, saddled by the fact that he had been the youngest Secretary of Defense for Ford and now the oldest, and that this one time he was a naval aviator. But as a naval aviator, he never walked a mile. He didn't understand ground combat, but he but he understood what he he knew he didn't he knew what he didn't know. I, I got how he thought, but I thought he was a bit too detail oriented. Um, when he said you go to war with the vehicles uh, you have, I, I got it. I, I was I was I was uh, issued a, a, a crap V. We had to put what we what we called Haji steel. We had to weld doors on the thing. I understood when Rumsfeld said, "You go to the war. You go to war with the vehicles you got." Like 1941. You know, I get it. You, you don't pick and choose. I wish you could. Uh, Israel's saying right now, "Geez, you don't pick and choose uh, who attacks you. Um, you go to war with the army you got." with the reserve model you got, you know, the whole thing. But uh, so anyway, if Trump did that, I, I am curious because he doesn't know what he doesn't know. Um, but at least you should be big enough to know you don't know everything about the Department of Agriculture, Department of Defense, Department of State. You need people that do know what they're doing, not that look good. Um, that's that's my issue with Flynn. Anyone who thinks that General Mike Flynn does anything except a face man um, then uh, you should talk to people that used to work for him. Okay, you know, believe it or not, there are incompetent people that look great in uniform, <clears throat> and they make it to two-star general because they look great. And this one time, they went to a dangerous grid square, and they came back with salty stories. But they're not the uh, you. You wouldn't pee on them if they were on fire. Mm, sorry, Flynn's one of those. Okay, so there, there's that. Um, Quilty and Somich says, I'm in Sohomish and I stand with Texas. Uh, yeah, the, 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 like I say, Governor of Oklahoma, um, Ron DeSantis in Florida, they're all saying, look, Abbott has a point. He's not wrong. He read the Constitution correctly. Maybe the president should. Uh, so we'll see how this develops today. Is the guy in Alabama dead or not? I'm, I'm getting, um, I'm, 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 I'm 
Oh, I'm, I'm seeing now he's not dead. Uh, okay, well, so the first execution by nitrogen still hasn't happened. Back in a second. Uh, final word here on a practice Friday. Back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. Some somebody KTTH Brian Suits here. So yeah, Kenneth Eugene Smith uh, is still alive with a 30-hour death warrant by uh, that was issued last night and confirmed by the Supreme Court. Uh, there's one last appeal, and if you didn't know this, I didn't know this until a couple of years ago. All nine Supreme Court justices have a region of the U.S. that's their purview, uh, and like Alito is Georgia, Alabama, Florida, something like that. So, you know, the majority of death penalty cases go to him. And the, and the, the last uh, appeal is for that justice to issue a stay on an execution or, or whatever. So uh, apparently they haven't invoked that one yet. But Kenneth Eugene Smith uh, scheduled to die by nitrogen hypoxia. Uh, meaning poison by breathing nitrogen, which is uh, odorless and, uh, you know, it's just not oxygen. So there's that. They say the countermeasure is 100% oxygen, which uh, he will not be getting. Um, he's being executed because uh, in 1998, uh, he and his partner in crime, John Forrest Parker, uh, gave a woman a overdose of lead because her husband, uh, Charles Senior, Senate Reverend Charles Senate Senior, was uh, um, <clears throat> making off with money uh, from his uh, from his uh, what you call it uh, uh, church from his uh, churchgoers, um, hiring floozies, uh, going on vacations, and now he was missing bills, and his wife was going to find out. He was so embarrassed. He hired. John Forrest Parker uh, and Kenneth Eugene Smith, the nitrogen boy who's still alive, to kill her for a thousand bucks each. Um, so John Forrest Parker was killed in 2010 because they could get a vein. But uh, Mr. Smith's death warrant was finally handed out 12 years later in November of 2022. The executioners failed to administer a lethal injection in time. Uh, in one of a string of botched botch executions in Alabama. Overwhelmingly, by the way, when it's lethal injection, they botch it by not being able to uh, to get a vein because it, it's a open secret amongst the, uh, the death row inmates that a way to avoid the death penalty is by gaining weight so that you, you have to be uh, a, a real crackerjack phlebotomist like I was to get a vein. Um, out of someone. And I mean, they're on, you know, death row, you know, and, and they're going to say, oh, I'm in pain. You're, you know, and, and they don't, you know, you put a tourniquet around someone's above their elbow and until you get a vein, then, then you get, you, 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 uh, you poke in there with a vacutainer or whatever. And if you can't get that flash of blood, you don't have a vein. And if they're that fat, and then by the way, I've, I've drawn, Triathletes, okay, great vein. I I have one great vein in my left elbow, 
And I always point that out. Anytime someone tries to get blood out of me, they go to the right elbow. And I always tell them it's not there. It's over here. Because in Army Medical Lab Tech School, you have to take your own blood. Okay, You had to, you had to yield a blood sample from yourself. And so I have a winner on, on my left arm. <clears throat> it doesn't look like a winner, but when you feel it, it's, it's uh, unmistakable. But if you just get fat, that's a great way to hide your veins. And then you add, I'm super fat, because I've been on death row eating Twinkies for 20 years or 30 years, with dehydrating yourself. <clears throat> on your last meal, don't have the grape juice. Whatever, don't drink water for 24 hours. When it's time for you to get wheeled in and me try to find a vein, you, there are no veins. The veins are not collapsed, but you're so dehydrated that your blood pressure is low and the whole thing. So at that point, you've got a couple... Uh, choices and you're 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 being observed by the state and by Amnesty International, the whole thing. I can rehydrate anybody. There's a thing called an Australian IV. Okay, Google it. Not not at work though. There's a thing called an Australian Australian IV. Okay, it's forcible rehydration, and it can't fail. The only way it can fail is if you sew up a certain orifice in your body, and y you can't do that. You wouldn't do it. Anyway, that's where I'm going to go in on the the, the badly named Australian IV, okay? But you can't do that when someone's on death row because you're about to croak them. And, you know, good Lord, you can't shoot them. Now, I mean, we've gone around the block on that in this state, uh, whether it's Mitchell Roop or, you know, whoever, people complaining that I'll, I, I choose death by the neck or, or hanging by the neck till dead, except that it's going to pop my head off. So it's therefore... Cruel and unusual uh, to get Saddamed, you know, like that. So anyway, breathing the nitrogen is a, is a great way, I think. And also, uh, the the drug cocktails now, the other, the other workaround here is that many of the drugs for lethal injection were compounded in Europe, were made in Europe. And so they said, well, we're not selling anymore. So if you're Florida, South Carolina, Alabama, Georgia, you still have the death penalty, Texas— um, you're you're now at the <clears throat> at the whim of uh, fancy Europeans with puffy shirts, and they don't like the death penalty. Um, and uh, Norway really doesn't like the the death penalty. You can kill whatever ninety four people in one mass shooting, and you get uh, the the harshest thing happening to you in your your twenty your ninety four twenty year sentences is that you have to play an old Sega, not a new Xbox. So, And the guy's really complaining about that. So um, anyway, anyway, you tell me who's the better criminal justice system uh, because John Forrest Parker hasn't killed anyone since 2010 because he's dead. But then again, his victim hasn't killed anyone ever, which is why he was uh, killed. Um, well, uh, so the, the story I'm talking about is uh, where to go. Uh, it's a New York Post story. The bombshell thing that the person texted me about was a Daily Caller story from uh, last May when it was revealed that the American Red Cross, which is on the board of FEMA, was distributing waterproof maps to migrants in Mexico headed to the U.S. Well, the U.N., it was accused last year that the U.N. was helping America's border crisis by handing out debit cards, preloaded debit cards and cash vouchers to illegal border crossers on their way north. That was called factually false, except that fact checkers did 
uh, check it, and it turns out it's absolutely true. Uh, this is the UN's, um, it's a UN plan to spread, are you ready, $372 million in cash and voucher assistance and multi-purpose cash assistance to 624,300 immigrants. Wow, that's that's November and December on the Texas border who are in transit to the U.S. So they come here, they sit down, uh, they get the notice to appear, and then they get a, a preloaded debit card. I mean, at this point, there's no barrier except your ability to walk upright, and that's why you're getting the cash. You can get a bus uh, to cross into the United States. I mean, there's no penalty. There's no downside. The U.S. government has not provided any disincentive to cross illegally. At this point, if you're the father of poor kids in Guatemala or Honduras or Angola, um, you're a bad father in not flying your, your, your entire family to Nicaragua where they don't require a visa and then walking out of Nicaragua to Eagle Pass, Texas. I mean, anyone who wants a better life for their kids would do that. So, of course, they're doing it. I don't blame them. It's what you would do. You would not stay in Guatemala if you didn't have to, or Ecuador these days. And so the mini economy has popped up is five hotels that cater specifically to Chinese future uh, illegal aliens in Ecuador in the middle of a drug, a counter drug war by the Ecuadorian government. Um, the Chinese are still flying into Quito and staying at these Chinese hotels and then uh, chartering buses and going up through Mexico. Um, and in the meantime, there's YouTubers that just walk north and south, and they, they keep updating their YouTube and TikTok. I mean, millions of followers. There's people whose living is to constantly give a guide, a day-to-day -day guide on how, where to avoid, where to eat, uh, where to sleep, uh, what areas to avoid. I mean, really an up-to-date, hour-by-hour, hey, this gang is kidnapping your kids here, from here to here. I mean, it's an it's an economy. Of course, it's an economy because there's money in it. So um, anyway, there there's that. More on that uh, tomorrow. The UN caused border crisis, and yes, of course, there are people, there are countries that would love an opportunity to destabilize the United States. So who's destabilizing the, the United States? The people that are paying for people to come in here without authorization or is Governor Abbott for defending his state? So uh, that will uh, shake out uh, probably overnight. Uh, we'll get have more Boeing information tomorrow. Um, and tomorrow will be a very actual Friday. Um, everything we did today will be redone. The script will be printed out. It's a, it's a done deal. Um, and thanks to producer, fully functional producer Frank. Uh, for sitting in, and we'll be back tomorrow at 6 a.m. Won't you join us, please? Um, you can text SUITS, S-U-I-T-S, if you want to download today's show and listen to it on your own damn time. But anyway, my damn time is over, AM 770 KTTH. Oh, big gulps, huh? All right. Well, see you later.